<音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音
they heard about what was written in chapter 8. It was when the Israelites defeated the city of Ai. And after they defeated the city of Ai, if they continue on, they will now continue towards the territory of the west of the Jordan. And these kings knew one thing very clearly, that if they rely on their own capabilities, they will definitely not be able to overcome the Israelites. And they decided that they will just form an alliance and they will go against the Israelites. And this was the response when the kings west of the Jordan heard about this thing. They continued to wage war. If they cannot do it themselves, they formed an alliance. And second is the Gibeonites heard. Verse 1 talks about the Hivites. This refers to the Gibeonites. After the Gibeonites heard about the story, the Hivites decided that they will not enter into that alliance. They did not want to go against the Israelites. Hey, they surrender. decided that they will just surrender. But they knew that the Israelites will definitely not accept their surrender. And they uh, thought about a remedy. And it was the remedy of deception. They prepared well. First, you will see that they had props for deception. If you look at verses 3 to 6, however, when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they resorted to a ruse. They went as a delegation whose donkeys were loaded with worn-out sacks and old wineskins cracked and mended. They put worn and patched sandals on their feet and wore old clothes. All the bread of their food supply was dry and moldy. Then they went to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal and said to him and the Israelites, We have come from a distant country. Make a treaty with us. Actually, from Gibeon to Gilgal, it was only a three-day journey. But then they did this. Everything that they brought with them were old things. And it includes worn-out sacks, Old wine skins, patched sandals, old clothes, dry and moldy food. All these things are just proving one thing. They wanted to make it look like they, uh, they came from a distant country. When they came, when they were about to come, it was new, but when they arrived, it was already old. And they were uh, making it look like they came from a distant country. And they appeared like they were not a threat to the Israelites. And that they were very pitiful. They came from a very distant country asking for peace. And this is fake. Because in chapter 10, verse 2, because 
because Gibeon was an important city, like one of the royal cities, it was larger than Ai, and all its men were good fighters. All the people in the city of Gibeon were good fighters. But they pretended to become very weak. Dear church, in this church, isn't it likewise? Including the people in the Christian circle. Sometimes, if people would ask for donations, they will show you a picture. If you see this picture, you will feel that you will pity them. I do not have the intent to say that this picture is fake. But let us not be deceived by the outward things. But I know that this is not easy. And I believe that many among us have already been deceived. And I myself have been deceived a lot of times. And being deceived by others is not the problem. But what's most important is that we do not go and deceive others. And Christians should remember that no matter how crooked the world is, no matter how they deceive us, let us not use the methods of this world because God is a righteous God. And the person that you deceive, in this world, they will not be able to repay or revenge, take revenge. But remember that when we face our Creator, then we will settle accounts with Him. But while we are being deceived, what lessons can we learn? And when the Gibeonites came, the things that they brought with them were props for them. And please pay attention to this. The words that they spoke were also part of a script for the section. If you look at verse 6, they said to him and the Israelites, we have come from a distant country, make a treaty with us. And verses 7 to 13, the conversation between the Gibeonites and the Israelites, and if we explain this, it was actually the script prepared by the Gibeonites. They have, they have come prepared. And in their conversation, we will realize three things. They were strong people pretending to be weak. They were people coming from nearby, but they pretended to be coming from afar. And they were people that were high ranking, but they were pretending to be low ranking. Let me explain to you. And let me explain this to you. First, they were strong, but they were pretending to be weak. According to chapter 10, verse 2, we can see that the Gibeonites were all good fighters. And how great are they? If you look at chapter 9, verse 17, so the Israelites set out, and on the third day came to their cities, Gibeon, Kefira, Bieroth, and Kiriath-Jerim. And if you look at this map, 
It turns out that the Gibeonites owned or possessed four great cities. No wonder the Bible records that they were good fighters. And they were indeed good fighters. But they pretended to be very weak. May the Lord help us. In this world, we are oftentimes deceived by the outward appearance. Those who are rich pretend to become poor. And the poor pretend to be rich. Let us not be influenced by the outward appearance. And these people were strong, but they pretended to be very weak. But what's important is that they were living nearby, but they pretended to be coming from afar. It turns out that it was only a three-day journey from where they came from. But if you look at chapter 9, they repeated this statement again and again. They repeated this in verses 6 and 9. That we came from a distant country. And they, uh, they were afraid that the Israelites will not believe. And so they brought out their evidences. If you look at verse 12, This bread of ours was warm when we packed it at home on the day we left to come to you. But now see how dry and moldy it is. And these wineskins that we filled were new, but see how cracked they are. And our clothes and sandals are worn out by the very long journey. Then why is it that the Gibeonites kept repeating that they came from a distant country? Then you have to go back to Deuteronomy chapter 20, then you will know. It turns out that God allowed the Israelites to enter into a treaty with people from afar. But they were prohibited from entering into a treaty from the people living in Canaan land. Why is that? If you look at Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 16 to 18, However, in the cities of the nations, the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. Do not leave alive anything that breathes. Completely destroy them, the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Otherwise, they will teach you to follow all the detestable things they do in worshiping their gods, and you will sin against the Lord your God. In verse 18, it talks about the most important reason. Why is it that God prohibited the Israelites from entering into a treaty with the Canaanites? Because God said that they will teach you to follow all the detestable things they do in worshiping their gods, and you will sin against the Lord your God. And so the Canaanites knew about this thing. And so they knew that it is impossible that they will enter into a treaty with them. And they intentionally mentioned this that we are not living among you, we come from a distant country. But people will think, and what if the Israelites would lead them to the Lord? Why is it that God did not allow this thing to happen? 
If these people do not want to believe, why not preach the gospel to them? Then that would be great. But you know, many times, we Christians pretend to be good. We feel that we are wiser than our God. The Bible says this week, says it is as such, and you say no. It's not it is not the case. But I tell you that you are not better than God. God is omnipresent. And if God says that this is how it will happen, then it will happen as such. And it was proven in history. When the Israelites uh, followed the Canaanites, they learned their practices. And they did a lot of detestable things in the sight of God. And they entered into sexual immorality. And they did unrighteous acts. And after 600 years, God drove out the Israelites from the Canaan land. And please do remember, the Bible says it as such. Then definitely according to what is written in the Bible, it will happen in our lives. Let us not think that the Bible says it as such and the, the world, it happens in the world differently. We are not living in two worlds. The church is one world. And we will move on to another world. No. No, it's not that. But it is just one world. And it is a world that the, where God reigns. And, and whether it is inside the church or outside the church. And the third thing. They were high-ranking pretending to be low-ranking. If you look at chapter 9 verse 8. We are your servants, they said to Joshua. We are your servants. And if you look at verse 11, And our elders and all those living in our country said to us, Take provisions for your journey, go and meet them and say to them, We are your servants, make a treaty with us. They mentioned the statement twice. We are your servants. We are your servants. And they let go of their status as masters to become servants. And the Gibeonites, the words that they spoke, were all prepared. The Israelites defeated the city of Ai. And their old mistake was committed again. If you look at chapter 9, verses 14 to 15, the Israelites sampled their provisions but did not inquire of the Lord. Then Joshua made a treaty of peace with them to let them live, and the leaders of the assembly ratified it by oath. After the Israelites defeated the city of Jericho, they did not ask of the Lord and they just went ahead and fought against the city of Ai. And in the end, they lost. And now they were able to defeat the city of Ai. And God, and they did not ask of God to enter into a treaty. And so now they were deceived again. And so may the Lord help us. We keep repeating our mistakes. May the Lord help us that we will seek of the Lord in everything. 
唔单止从你家己经验、你嘅智慧嚟决定大事。Let us not decide on things based on our, based on our own experiences and our own wisdom。唔单止相信你目前所看到嘅物件、耳所听到嘅物件。And let us not believe what our eyes can see and what our ears can hear。你嘅目前系偏嘅。And your eyes will deceive you. And your ears will also deceive you. And I will show you some pictures. Chairman, I ask you. Are between these two cylinders, which one is longer? Which one is shorter? And if you look at it, you know, don't have to look at it. And the first one is shorter. The second one is longer. But the truth is not as such. If you measure them. You will see that both cylinders are of the same size, and your eyes have deceived you. Look at this. And if you look at this picture, this banana is called one, two, three. Those one, two, three, four. Those are the size. Which thread leads to the banana? If you look at it, you will know the answer. Number two. Number two. So it is not. But actually, it is not as such. So it is. So it is. So it is. What? 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 If you look at it, if you look at it, it seems to be number one. But then the reality is not as such. It's real. The reality is that it's number two. If you look at this picture, which love is lighter and which one is darker? Of course, the one on top is lighter. The one at the bottom is darker. But in reality, it's not. It's not as such. If you remove the shadows, both of them are the same color. And so, dear church, let us not believe what our eyes see. And let us not only believe what our ears hear. Because there are many things. It is possible that these are not things that you've heard or things that you've seen. The Israelites were deceived. Because they have committed the same mistake. And they were very joyful. If you look at the third thing, the Israelites heard. If you look at chapter nine, the results, the whole truth came out. Three days after they made the treaty with the Gibeonites, the Israelites heard that they were neighbors living near them. And the leaders have already entered into a treaty with them. Then what happens? In verses 18 to 27, you will see that the Israelites had two different responses. First is the people's response. How did they respond? The whole assembly grumbled against the leaders. And this represents the, that the assembly was displeased. They wanted all the Gibeonites to be killed. But then Joshua hindered them or stopped them. And they entered into a crisis. It was a point of division 
And it was a problem between the leaders and the assembly. And this is a leadership crisis. And you will see that they lost hope towards their leader. And you will see why is, we, why is it that we need leaders? Please remember that majority may not always be correct. But majority is always just according to one's response. And how is it that the leaders responded? After the leaders heard about this thing, they realized that they committed something wrong, that they were deceived. But the leaders did not just respond similar to the assembly, that they just grumbled and got angry. The leaders responded in two ways to resolve this problem. And so this is the reason why the church needs leaders. The first thing that they did was that they kept their oath. If you look at chapter 9, verse 19, but all the leaders answered, We have given them our oath by the Lord, the God of Israel, and we cannot touch them now. Verse 20, This is what we will do to them. We will let them live so that God's wrath will not fall on us for breaking the oath we swore to them. And he said that God is trustworthy since we have already entered into a treaty with them. We have to observe this oath. God is trustworthy and so we also have to be trustworthy. And I will show you a Bible verse chapter 15 verses 1 and 4 verse 1 was a question Lord who may dwell in your sacred tent who may live on your holy mountain in, in verses 2 to 5, it talks about the qualifications. In verse 4, it spoke about a very important or special reason. Those who can live in the holy mountain of God are those who keep an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind. And these kinds of people are worthy to live in the holy mountain of the Lord. And what does this mean? Integrity. This is what we call integrity. In this world today, integrity. Integrity is the thing that we need. People more and more disregard integrity. People only look into one's own benefits and they forget about integrity and they, they, they enter into a treaty or they swear and they realize that they will suffer loss and so they did not want to acknowledge this and these people are not qualified to live in the holy mountain of the Lord and we all know that in this world the situation on divorce becomes worse not only in this world and even in the church it is likewise and the in the European 
European countries， 包括台湾，包括中国大陆，包括香港，这个这个东东方文化的国家。Not only is it in the European countries, but it also happens in mainland China, in Taiwan, in Hong Kong, and in the East. 离婚是拉来拉普遍。And it and divorce becomes more and more rampant. Why is it? Why is that? Because there is no integrity. People speak words and then they do not take hold of it. They sign contracts but they do not acknowledge it. And this is a world that is not trustworthy. But then we are children of God. If one day we have indeed signed a contract and then we suffer loss, let us not change. And in the Bible it says that these are the people who are worthy to live in the mountain of the Lord. And what is the holy mountain of the Lord? We are the assembly of God. It is in the assembly of God. We are the assembly of God. And these are the people who are qualified to be called the children of God. Because we are indeed different from the world. You are the salt and the light in this world. And the Lord said that you are the salt and the light of this world. You will become different because you are the son of God. And second thing, They let the Gibeonites be woodcutters and water carriers in the Lord's altar. If you look at chapter 9, verse 21, they continued, let them live, but let them be woodcutters and water carriers in the service of the whole assembly. So the leader's promise to them was kept. If you look at verse 27, that day he made the Gibeonites woodcutters and water carriers for the assembly to provide for the needs of the altar of the Lord at the place the Lord would choose. And that is what they are to this day. If we explain this in simple words, they all became the workers in the church. And they became our janitors. And the people who clean the toilets. If you think about it, why is it that they wanted to do this? If you remember, why is it that God wanted to destroy all the Canaanites? In Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 18, Otherwise, they will teach you to follow all the detestable things they do in worshiping their gods, and you will sin against the Lord your God. And this is the reason why God wanted to annihilate all the Canaanites. Because they will influence the Israelites to worship the idols and not worship God. And Joshua thought about the plan. Okay. Then they were made the workers of the assembly. They lost their influence. And they were assigned to be workers in the assembly hall. They were assigned to become woodcutters and to become water carriers. And then slowly they came to know the God that the Israelites worshipped. Is it right or wrong? Joshua 
in the history, we will see that it proves that Joshua made a really good decision. Because you will see that generation after generation, the Gibeonites stayed in the temple to, to uh, serve God. And the Gibeonites never influenced the Israelites to worship idols. And on the contrary, through, the serving, uh, through serving in the temple, the Gibeonites came to know the true God. And how is it that we know this? In, in the end, the Israelites lost their country and they lost their nation for 70 years. And the king of Syria commanded and allowed the Israelites to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. But it is not something that was forced or mandatory. But it was voluntary. If you want to go, then you can go. If you don't want to go, then fine. And during this time, the Israelites were living in the city of, in the country of Persia for 70 years already. If you think about it, 70 years already includes three generations of people. And I ask you, your grandfather came from China, and your father was born, and you were born there, and I ask you, which generation would want to go back to China? Your grandfather, your father, will not definitely, uh, will not necessarily want to go back. How about you? Then we no longer have to discuss. And the Philippines is your country. And you will definitely not want to go back to China. And so 80% of the people did not want to go back home. You will see that when the king commanded the people to go back home, how many people went back? There were five there were fifty thousand people. Imagine. There were two million to three million Jews. But only fifty thousand people wanted to go back. Home. There were many people that, who did not want to go, go back. Why is it that they did not want to go back home? Because Persia during that time was the wealthiest nation. And Jerusalem was a nation that came after that was in ruins after the war. And who wanted to go back? Only 50,000 went back. But if you, unexpectedly, and what were these people? Nehemiah chapter 3 verse 7, next to them repairs were made by men from Gibeon and Mizpah. Melatiah of Gibeon and Jadon of Merinoth. And in chapter 7, verse 25, of Gibeon 95, the Gibeonites went back home. And they went back to rebuild the temple of the Lord. And the Israelites already lost their nation. The treaty that they have entered into with the Israelites is no longer in effect. And so if they do not go back home, nobody will speak against them. But uh, you will see that they went back home and they still held on to the treaty of their forefathers. Because now they have come to know the one true God.
Generation after generation, the Gibeonites continue to serve God. In this message, there are three applications that I would like you to learn. Number one, first, please remember, that this world may be full of deception, but let us have integrity. I say that this world is full of deception. When a phone call comes, a message comes, our response is, is this real or not? Because there are a lot of fake messages. If you look at, if you see a sister carrying a Louis Vuitton bag, and you will think, is this true or fake? Is this real or fake? Because there are many Louis Vuitton, fake Louis Vuitton bags. And we are living in a world full of deception. But then let us remember that our God is a God of integrity and a trustworthy God. And so no matter in which moment, we need to preserve our integrity. President Lincoln was made familiar because of this, was made famous because of this. When he was a lawyer, he handled the case. When he was in the court, he realized that his client uh, presented fake evidences and he was very angry and so he left the court and did not defend anymore and when people went to see him he then went to the hotel he was washing his hands and he said a statement he said that my hands are so filthy and this is what is called the filthy hands case in the United States may the Lord help us in this world that is full of deception let us be careful that we will not get deceived but then I tell you that it is very difficult to prevent people from deceiving you. But then what's most important is that we should not go and deceive others. Because we will face the judgment of a righteous God. And second, we have to testify or witness. The, uh, Joshua asked the Gibeonites a question. Why, why is it that you deceived us? You will see that the answer was interesting. Chapter 9, verse 24. They answered Joshua, Your servants were clearly told how the Lord your God had commanded his servant Moses to give you the whole land and to wipe out all its inhabitants from before you. So we feared for our lives because of you, and that is why we did this. The Gibeonites said that there were people who told us and who told them they did not mention that there were people who clearly told them and there were people who clearly told the Gibeonites after they heard this they feared. That is why they decided to deceive so that they can continue to live. And this is what we call a testimony. 
We not only preach about the word or message of God in the pulpit, but outside of the pulpit, we will also testify so that people will also hear the word of the Lord. Whether they will believe or not, whether they will accept or not, it's not our business. But it is the work of God. But our work is to just preach it or speak of it. And so may the Lord help us. There, uh, there should be people who would be testifying for God. And it will be you and me. Third thing, we need to repent. The Gibeonites ought to have been annihilated. And they committed sins that were grave. And God was not easy, uh, was slow to anger. But then the moment that God becomes angry, it will be very dreadful. You know that God tolerated the Canaanites for 400 years already. Because 400 years ago, God told Abraham, Abraham, that know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own for 400 years. After 400 years, they will come back and this land will become yours. Why is it that it was 400 years? Because the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. God waited for the Canaanites to repent for 400 years. And I ask you a question. If it were your friend and your friend disrespected you and was, was impolite towards you and you tolerated him and will, you will tolerate for how long? One year? Two years? Three years? It's not true. One day you cannot do it. One month you cannot. You will unfriend them. You will unfriend everyone in Facebook. Isn't it so? And this person was impolite. But God tolerated us for 400 years. And so what they did was really grave. But God tolerated and was patient towards them. And when the time has come, through the Israelites, God dealt with these people who sinned. And so the Gibeonites ought to perish. But then it was very amazing that because they heard people testifying to them, it brought about in them a heart that revered God. And they, want, and they were willing to repent. It's fine to become servants. And uh, people, when they hear about the message of God, inside of them, they will start revering the Lord. But some other people, after hearing the message of the Lord, they will still not repent, they will still not revere the Lord. But this is not our work anymore. May the Lord help us that we will indeed revere the Lord. Because God does not want anyone to perish. And he actually saved the uh, he actually saved Rahab and his family. And he also saved the Gibeonites. And who among the people wanted to repent or were willing to repent, God saved them. Because in the Bible it says, 
God does not want anyone to perish but he wants all men to be saved but it is such a pity that some people still do not want to receive their salvation and so dear church how about you? How about you? Have you been saved? Have you repented? God is a merciful God. And He is waiting for you and me to repent. But God is also a righteous God. When His time comes, then we will lose our opportunity to repent. May the Lord help us. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that we meditated upon the uh, story of the Gibeonites today. These people who ought to die because inside of their hearts they uh, had this reverence for you. Although they had a method of deception, you, uh, but God was merciful towards them and God loved them. And through Joshua, God saved the, uh, the uh, tribe of Gibeon. Wait, thank you, Lord. We know your heart that you do not want anyone to perish and you want all men to be saved. May the Lord help us that we will grab hold of this opportunity and time to seek the Lord and repent. And Paul says that now is the time to seek the Lord. And now is the time for repentance. If we do not grab hold of this time, we are afraid that when we lose this, we will not have another chance. And may your spirit work among us that if ever there will be someone among us who is not yet uh, clearly knowing you may it be that today you touch his heart and bring about that heart of reverence inside of him and that heart of repentance so that we who deserve to perish will receive eternal life may God's grace come upon each and every one of us today in Jesus name we pray Amen, Amen.